This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. What we're talking about is my crazy family. That's what this series is. What was interesting last week was, was uh, you know, the amount of stuff this brought up for people. It turns out you all have crazy families, you know? And, and some of it was serious stuff. Like I, I didn't realize that most families, not all, most families have at least one person who's sort of on the outs. It could be an uncle or an aunt or a parent or a sibling, you know, somebody who's, who's more on the outs. And a number of you came to see me about that, which was great having that conversation. And then there were fun ones too, you know, a brother, Richard from Florida, who decided to fly the whole way up to be with his sister Leah on her 50th birthday. Like, isn't that cool? Like, that's cool. And there's also really fun stuff and funny stuff about crazy families. Now, to get us into that space, what I want to do is to show you a video where a husband wanted to point out in a very humorous way that his wife has a problem snoring at night. So take a look at this video. You could say somebody who does a lot of marriage counseling, do not try that at home. <laughs> do not do it, even if you're an aviation buff. Uh, it's fun, right? And we can embrace kind of those funnier parts of family. And that's what it's about, these two words. Let's say them together. Embrace and expand. We have to embrace our families as they are. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't times, again, for separation. But it has to be separation that's there to allow that family member to grow. It's not about punishing them. It has to be, I need to step away because I need to grow, you need to grow, and currently the relationship isn't doing that. But I'm not going to do it from a punishing place, from a shunning place. That's not easy to do. You know, I think it's a real fine line, and it's hard, hard to actually find it. But I think with work, we can. And I think that's, that's where Christ can, can give us messages of love that are actually bigger than us. You know, I certainly can't do that. I'm into judging people all the time. But I feel that if I go to that other place and say, Christ, you know, here's my judgment. I'm, I'm, I want to park it aside. Please breathe something new into my heart so I can see this in a different way. That that allows space for all those people to be part of my personal crazy family. And then what we can do is then we can actually expand that definition of family. And that's so important. Kelly, can you come out here for a sec? So what I, I wanted to do was I wanted to have, have Kelly speak with us a bit today about what her experience has been. She went to Haiti, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And what is that like to expand it? But I introduce speakers all the time. So I'm not going to introduce today's speaker. <laughs> Somebody on the screen is going to introduce today's speaker. So if we could have the introduction on screen. Hi everybody, I'm Tatiana Plefka, here from snowy Boston, and while I couldn't shovel my way out to be there today, I'm so excited to introduce a woman who's so important to me and who I'm lucky enough to call my mom, Kelly Plefka. As the foundation of our family, she inspires my dad, brothers, and I to express our love and abilities to our family all around the world. 
Recently, she took a trip to Haiti to serve our global family there. To the woman who's made me who I am, I'm so proud of you, Mom, and I wish I could be there today. Good luck. I love you. I wasn't supposed to start this crying, but I didn't expect that. Um, this is a trip that I have wanted to take since the third grade. And when it fell in my lap, I just sort of jumped in with both feet, um, probably before my dear husband even quite realized what was happening. Um, I would like to tell you that I researched Haiti, that I looked into its history and what the potential dangers were, but I really didn't. I just sort of had a knowing and a faith that I was meant to go down there and love those people. And it did make it easy knowing that I was going down with an organization that was well established. It's called Hope for Health, and it's run by the Southerton Mennonite Church. Um, they run traveling clinics that focus on malnutrition uh, to the rural villages in Haiti. And when Pastor Chuck asked that I speak to you today about the most touching moments, I thought, oh my gosh, the whole week was touching, so I wasn't quite sure how to choose, but I thought that I would start with this very sweet day. Um, if we can put the first picture up, please. Um, this was on a break during one of the clinics, and I had taken four little girls outside to play Ring Around the Rosie. And four turned into 10 and 15, and then teenagers joined and, and adults joined. So we decided to play a game called Tap Tap, and it's sort of like tag and race. You kind of have two groups that are racing around the outside of the circle to fill in the little gap. And oh my gosh, the running and the screaming, and we were all laughing, and the villagers started to come around and cheer us on. Um, it was amazing how a silly game just bonded us, and we were all just there, present in the moment together, um, enjoying being being together. It was just really a beautiful experience. Um, next picture, please. So there were, um, we had five clinics over four days, and uh, we served over 1,700 people. And this was one of the stations. Um, it was the dreaded anemia station. Um, no one liked it. No one wanted to come to that because you have to get your finger pricked, and there's blood, and just generally a lot of fear. Um, so Mary Benner, who is the director of Hope for Health, had told us, you're going to have large groups of people. They're going to be pressing in. You just need to focus on the person right in front of you and give them your full attention. And I need to tell you what an absolutely holy experience that is. Um, greeting every person and looking them in the eye and seeing the fear and knowing that you don't really have words because I don't speak Creole. So you, there's a lot of touching and just facial expression and it's really very beautiful. Um, <clears throat> lots of screaming children, lots of helping mothers hold their child's arm down and prying open their fingers and even the teenage boys were trembling. Um, but perhaps the sweetest that I felt were the older men because their hands were so calloused, <clears throat> excuse me, from, from years of hard labor. So they would bravely put their hand out, and I would prick their finger, and no blood would come. So then I would have to let them know that now I needed their other hand, and I would prick that finger, and no blood would come. And uh, then I would have to let them know that I was going to need to prick their earlobe. And it just was a very humbling and vulnerable experience, um, but 
for one instant when you would look in their eye, you knew that you were really seeing, you, both of you were really seeing each other. We, it was like just such um, soul to soul and there wasn't race and there wasn't nationality. It was just in that moment you were there together and um, it was just incredible. It was really beautiful. Next picture, please. So these were my babies. This was the last village we went to. And the children there, it was probably the poorest village, but the children were so loving and affectionate. And when we got off the Jeep, they literally swarmed us. So at one point, I had a little girl on my lap, and I had three girls playing with my hair. Two of them were trying to make buns, and they had my hair pulled back so tight, my eyebrows were like up to here. And then another little girl kept pulling hair out of their buns, and she was braiding my hair. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be walking around all day with these braids sticking all out over my head, looking like a crazy woman. But that's fine. Who cares, you know? Um, the other thing that I remember about this village, the little girl in the blue that, that's leaning against me, she was my little shadow. And as a parent, when you're the parent of very young children, from what I remember of it and loved about it was you're always touching and being touched somebody sitting on your lap, you're holding someone, holding someone's hand. It's so normal and natural that you don't even think about it. But then as the kids grow older, that becomes less and less. Well, at one point during the day, she had both of her arms wrapped around my waist and she was leaning her head against me. And I was sort of absentmindedly playing with one of her braids. And I got so struck by... I was back in that mommy zone. Uh, it was so natural, she was so comfortable, you would have thought that she thought I was her mother. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to savor this moment. Uh, this was a gift to, to have that feeling again. Um, so that was really beautiful. I was definitely in my mommy glory that day. Next picture, please. This little guy, oh my gosh, um, he barely made it. Last June, when Mary was at his village, she said that he and his twin sister, who you can just sort of see in the little polka dot dress behind him, they were so severely malnourished and sick that she really didn't think that when she came back in January that he would still be alive, that either of them would still be alive. So when we walked in and they were there so beautifully healthy and dancing around, um, she started crying. I hadn't seen him in June, but I started crying. So it, it really was beautiful. Um, the other thing I remember from this village is that as we were leaving, we boarded the Jeep, and a mother approached the Jeep holding two twin infants, younger than these guys, and she was speaking very rapidly in Creole, and we were trying to tell her that we didn't understand what she was saying, but she kept talking. And we had a Haitian volunteer in the Jeep with us, so we looked to her to see if she could tell us, and she kept her head down, and she wouldn't make eye contact with us or with the woman. And I thought, okay, she must be saying something pretty disturbing if she won't even look up at us. <clears throat> so as we drove away, we asked the driver of the Jeep what she had been saying. And he said she was begging you to take her babies. So, sorry. So just as a mother, um, the circumstances, the desperation she must have felt to be offering her babies to strangers was uh, just overwhelming. So next picture, please. I would be very remiss to have this talk and not, not tell you about the wonderful people that I went down to Haiti with. We boarded the plane, 11 total strangers from all over the country, and by the end of the week, we definitely were family. 
um, the drivers, and th we had um, people from the village we were staying in that came with us every day to the, to the different villages for the clinics to help. Um, a funny story about that is, you know, you travel all night and all day, you finally get to the house, I really don't know anyone, and they brought us upstairs and they showed me a large room and they said, you know, you'll be staying in here with four other girls. Well, three of the girls were still in college and one had just gotten out of college. And there was another woman with us and they showed her her own private room. And I thought, oh my gosh, how did she luck out and get her own room? These girls are gonna think I'm such an old lady. Um, but within two days, I was so glad that I was in that room with them. We giggled and shared stories and teased each other and we screamed over cockroaches and it really was fun. And there was even one night I remember laying in bed thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't felt this way since I was in college. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed that for all the world. Okay, next picture, please. All right, so there were some negatives. <laughs> there were tarantulas and there were cockroaches and there was no heated water, so a freezing cold shower every night. Um, no glass on the windows, so all night long, and I mean all night long, there were cows mooing, and there were donkeys braying, and there were dogs fighting. And the rooster, whoever said that roosters only crow at the crack of dawn is so wrong, because they start at 2 a.m., and they go all night long, and if I never hear another rooster, I will be happy. But I told my husband, that for all the negatives, it was all just part of the experience. They didn't really affect me all that much, and it really just kind of made Haiti Haiti. I don't know if that makes sense, but I don't want to end my talk with a picture of a spider. So next picture, please. Um, that's Mary. She's the director, and that is one of those melt-your-heart babies. And what I learned, probably the most beautiful thing I learned from Haiti, is that family really is whoever you open your heart to and let in. And once you let them in, they're a part of you forever. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So family is whoever you open your heart to. Let's think about that space as we come back, when we come back for the second part of the service and we celebrate communion, community, the connection of God, that opening up of our hearts. Great again to have everyone, have everyone here. And so what I want to do now is I, I want to talk about this idea of Holy Supper communion. What does it mean? And, and, and for me growing up, this is what it meant. Ready for this? This is exactly what it meant. Holy Supper equals Time to leave church. You know, anything, I didn't really get it. It wasn't really something that, that I understood or, or, or that, I, that I had much concern about. But, but this is one of the most sacred things that we celebrate in Christianity. Isn't that interesting? And, and I want to give you some, some context here. This is really significant. You're all listening, right? Because we celebrate this. Now, granted, we, we can't quite do it here, but, but traditionally, this is celebrated around what kind of piece of furniture? A table. Can we all say table together? Table. table. It's interesting. It's, 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 it's celebrated around a table. Now, the context of this celebration around a table, it goes back to Christ's life 
and, and the events that occur right before Easter. And this meal was considered so sacred by so many people for generations that they actually, the original Christians, celebrated it every night because they considered it this reminder of what actually mattered. And I think, did Kelly give us a little glimpse into what actually matters? <laughs> you know, what table actually is, what communion actually is, what Holy Supper actually can be. So that's what I want to talk with you about today. So this is from Mark 14, Mark 14, verses 13 to 15. And here we go. So he sent, and this is Jesus, so he sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, say to the owner of the house he enters. The teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room. Please say that really loud. A large room? Upstairs. Upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. I want to talk about that upper room. Like, in this supper, it's more than just, I mean, this is a very grounded thing. Like, it's a flesh and blood. Like, you get to get into the flesh and blood of what the Christian story is. And, and don't hear that, like, as an angry thing or an atonement or anything. Like, like, really get to understand God is a good friend in the flesh and blood, like, right there with us. That's what this is about. And, and to understand that, we both have to have this deep grounding as well as this understanding of upstairs. So, so down at street level, right? Uh, worries, concerns, ice. Is it ever going to actually be spring? Will the snow ever melt? Am I going to keep my job? I'm so worried. I'm annoyed at that person who just cut me off in traffic. My goodness, Chuck, my teenagers are driving me bananas. That's the street level life. And here Christ is saying, no, if, if you want to really get this, this is what I'd ask you to do. Go upstairs. The part of you that's quiet, doesn't need defended, and as soon as I said it, just went, oh, I'm here. Be in that place for a minute. And that what Christ asks us at this, and this is how New Church puts it, is we step up to that, that upstairs piece What's that inner meaning? What's that picturing? Well, it's picturing these kinds of thoughts. What are we to think about as we do this? I'm going to ask you just to say the first three together. I'm going to say it, then I'm going to you say it. God, mercy, love. Those are the first three beautiful things. First, think about God. Now, again, don't think about God as, as sort of up there or out there. Notice what he didn't do. He didn't say, look, what I want to do is I want to have a throne and I want you to have a footstool. He said, no, we're going to do this around the table. Hold that view of God. And the second part, that piece of love, put yourself in the place of love. Think about what that love means in your life. And I say it over and over again because it bears repeating and maybe it's because I need to say it because I constantly need reminded of it. This is more than nostalgic love. This is the love that actually moves you to connect to other people. 
You know, Clay mentioned his Financial Peace University. That is a form of this love. Kelly going to Haiti, that is a form of this love. Going, doing anything with groups of people where it's, where it's a little bit of a stretch, a little bit of a movement, that is a form of the kind of love we're to think of. And then, then mercy, 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 mercy. You know, the mercy part here is, is this, this beautiful concept of like, this is about God's mercy towards us. Listen, we oftentimes come to the Holy Supper thinking we're to come to it as a sinner. And we all are sinners. Like all of you folks are every bit as screwy as I am. You know, and that is part. Like we have to acknowledge, yeah, there's these areas of my life and it gets into the repentance one where, where I'm, just, I'm just not doing it right. I need to be aware of that. I need to work to change my ways. But it's in this context of mercy See, listen to this, folks. When you take Holy Supper or communion, in our liturgy, in other words, our book of how we, we follow through with these things, as it is true with all Christian books, and some of you know this, I know some of the, some of the team we were talking to before church, you are actually called a, can somebody say it out loud really loud? You are actually called a celebrant. So if you are a celebrant, that means you are actually coming to Holy Supper to, please say it all out, you know the answer here, you are coming to it to celebrate. celebrate. This is a celebration. And that's the context here of repentance, changing our thinking, looking at where we're we're just off the not to do list aware of where we're fallen, aware of the, of the compulsions we're powerless over, offering those up to God, learning to live differently. That's what we bring here to the Holy Supper. And then what starts to happen is this reciprocal connectivity back and forth when we come into that space. Now, now what does that look like, this, re, this reciprocal piece? Look at this next slide. This captures God's love of the entire human race in our reciprocal love of God. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So this thing here is to capture God's love for us and our love for God. And and you see, folks, and we see that cycle back and forth, and you can see it in Kelly's slides, that cycle back and forth where that love of God pours in and then we pour it back. And again, we don't kind of pour it back out into the universe in terms of a nothingness. We pour it back to God by pouring it into each other. By taking the bread and the wine, God's gift to us, his love and his wisdom. Wisdom just being a form of love to tell you how to do it. And we take that in and then we pour it back out into the world. This wonderful cycle, this wonderful circle. And notice what Christ goes on to say. He says, do, please, very loud that T word, do in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. That's that's silly good. You know, silly good. Do this, do this. Do this, allow the eyes of your heart to open up. Allow yourselves to, to, to bring in God's, you know, the goodness of God, the love, the mercy, the ability to maybe change our minds and see different ways and to live differently. I mean, what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is that we can live differently. 
That's a blessing. We can celebrate that. That is a beautiful part of our life. I I mentioned this last week, but I know we got a lot of first-time people here today. I already saw some of you out there in the audience, and I'm sure we have some joining us online. See, folks, this is how the world gets remade. This is where we start to actually put a stake in the ground and say, and, and be able to really say, like, we can choose to live differently. Not easily. Not in a way that's always comfortable or safe, but that we can start to live differently. Because communion is something we do together. Great power in that. It's not a privatized salvation plan where you you come up to here alone, you take the elements, and then you go right on with your life saved. It's where you come up to take the elements, you look to your left and to your right, and you see brothers and sisters. You see people who you're working with. Maybe you're here with your daughter or your son or, or somebody very precious to you. Like, come up here and take it with them. Allow it to move through you. Celebrate the wonder that is actually this life. The way we're going to do this, folks, is this. We're going to have a slideshow that's going to start in a minute. The band's going to come out. It's going to play really gentle, gentle, peaceful music. We're not going to rock anybody out until the end of the service. It's going to play very gentle music. You're going to come up and you have a choice of two. We have juice and we have wine. We really want to honor. We have a lot of people in here who are working hard with 12-step programs. We want to honor God honors sobriety. God honors sobriety. So you may either take a cup of the wine or a cup of the juice. And then take a piece of bread. Now, Now, we have a number of different types of bread here. One of the things that was, that was fascinating when I was reading about how this one church did it is they said, you know what, what we do in our church is, is we actually have breads from around the world. Breads from around the world. I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I think that is clearly part of communion where we're talking about something that's from around the world. We have unleavened bread. This would have been traditional Middle Eastern fare. We have as well pita bread around the Mediterranean, very common, and as well as peasant bread. You know, just simple, good old European stuff. The only thing we don't have is wonder bread. But, but come up and, and take the kind you want and then, and then make a choice. You know, you could, you could take the wine, you could dip it in either the juice or the wine and eat it, or you could put the bread in your mouth and then take a cup, whatever you want. Then what I'd ask you to do is this, if you feel up to it. We're going to have a number of prayer volunteers. If the prayer volunteers could stand up, they're gonna be in white shirts. They're not angels, you're not going into the light, it's okay. But they're gonna be in different places. And what you can do after you've taken Holy Supper, they're gonna be in pairs. And you can go up to them and you can say, you can just hold their hands and they're gonna ask you a question. They're gonna ask you this question. What can I pray for with you? What can we pray for with you? And tell them. Tell them. 
If you can't tell them, even tell them you can't tell them. You can even say like, I I just want you to pray for me with something I can't even say out loud because it's so painful. A ministry of presence. Most important ministry we offer. Ministry of presence where we're there to just attach to each other, just to talk to each other, just to be with each other. So, you know, I just want to, just for a minute, just honor all that you folks did as we participated. Can we see the power of the Holy Supper? You see the power that this can be and the power it can be in our lives, in a, in a community, in a, in a way that we can continue to, to, to move forward in our lives. Let these times of, of understanding that, that, that this is about embracing family and expanding. This is about mission and vision and understanding what churches can be. Understanding what we can be to each other. A beautiful place. What we're going to do is actually to, to end the service here, I'd ask you to please stand up. We're going to pray standing. I'll say a prayer, then you have the moment, a moment to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it, to have a moment of quiet reflection or a moment to say a prayer that would have meaning to you on a day like today. And then we're going to close with one of my favorites, Lean on Me. Please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here with us today. And Lord, allow us to see in the Holy Supper and the communion a God who asks to be with us, a God who asks us to come to the table with him, not as a ruler, but as a friend, someone willing, Lord, to speak, to speak of mercy and love and the gift of maybe being able to live life differently. Thank you, Lord, as well, for the incredibly moving words that Kelly shared with us today. The communion of the Spirit a holy supper in and of itself in Haiti. Be with this congregation, Lord. Be with those who come here today with great pain in their heart. Be with those, Lord, today who come with great joy and be with those who come with both. Bless their ways, Lord. Allow them to remember this place for it to settle in their hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. See you next week.